Hey there, welcome to the Favorite Church Podcast. We are a church for imperfect people who want to know God and make Him famous. In this episode, we'll be revisiting a message from one of our Sundays in church. Hey, what's up, Favorite Fam? How's it going? Everybody doing okay? So glad that you're here today. How many of you guys are here happy to be in church? Doing all right? Hey, in case we haven't met, my name is Willem, and I'm part of the team here at Favor, and we're so glad that you are here this morning. All right, the title of my message today is called Kingdom Order. Kingdom Order. What exactly is Kingdom Order? And I heard it once, somebody praying, and they said, in the name of Jesus, I declare Kingdom order in your body. And I was like, wow, that sounds amazing. Kingdom order. And then I heard somebody pray, in the name of Jesus, I declare kingdom order in your relationships. And then I got a picture in my head of all the relationships just being so amazing and so good, no fights, it's like, Kingdom order. And I began asking myself, well, what exactly is kingdom order? We love to say these things as Christians. We, lo- we love to declare kingdom order in your life, but what does it actually mean? And just last week, we saw the passing of the longest reigning monarch in the history of our planet, Queen Elizabeth, passed away after serving for over 70 years as the world's longest reigning monarch. And I don't know about you, but I, I grew up in the, in, in the 80s and the 90s, and we were obsessed with Princess Diana. We had a coffee table book, and after we'd read the Bible, I put the Bible down, and I saw the, the, the face of Princess Diana. And I always wondered, who's this white lady in my house having such a prominent place. And, you know, the passing of Queen Elizabeth was was a sad moment for for all of us. But as I spoke to people who lived in England, and, and on Tuesday as I spoke to Pastor James, I could see the sadness in his eyes, and he said these words to me, which shocked me. He said, when I learned that Queen Elizabeth passed away, I cried. And I said, wow. I respect her. I've watched The Crown, and so I kind of know a little bit about her. But how come Pastor James's reaction to the passing of the same person is so different than my reaction? How come it's so different from your reaction? And I realize that the reason why is because he is in that kingdom. And I am not in that kingdom. And because he lives in that kingdom, there is a different kingdom order that I live by. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, let me tell you something today. And this is probably something you already know, but you live according to a different kingdom order. You live according to a different kingdom standard. And in Matthew 6, 
Jesus says this. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. He said to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. And Jesus, in Matthew 6, he's talking about all these big things. He's talking about looking good. He's talking about being noticed. He's talking about what to wear. He's talking about what to eat. He's talking about money. And he's saying, no, 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 no. It's the wrong order. It's the wrong order. You don't put those things first, but you put me first. And then I will add all these things to your life. And so oftentimes we, li we live in the opposite order. We like to add all these things first and we say, God, would you bless everything that I have? I've done it, God. I've got the money, I've got the cars, I've got the status. Now God, put the icing on the cake. Bless me, but no. If you are a child of God, that is not the order in which you live. That is not the, oper the order in which you operate, but you live according to a kingdom order. And so what does that mean? So this morning, I want to share just a few thoughts with you. Number one, in order for you to live in the kingdom order, you must remember that God is right. You must know that God is right. And if you look in the beginning of the story of the Bible, it says, in the beginning was God. It didn't say in the beginning was you. It said in the beginning was God. And then he created the heavens and the earth. He created the seas. He created all the living animals and then he created you so that you could worship him, live according to his rules, his ways, and then he promised that all will be good with you. That is the order in which we live. And in Genesis 2, 16, it says this. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And God establishes order. God is a God of order. And he establishes the order by a simple command. He said, you could do anything you want. You are in paradise. You can eat from any fruit, guava, mango, pineapple, although I'm not quite sure how they would peel the pineapple, durian, even if it smells horrible, but it tastes like heaven. You can eat from anything you, you you're going to name all the animals, hippopotamus, lizard, giraffe, say again, T-Rex, with those short little arms, can't take a selfie, a pangolin. You can do whatever you want. I've given you dominion, except you cannot do this one thing. And this is what I, my wife reminds me 
That clarity is kindness. That clarity is kindness. And God was so clear with his people. He said, you can do whatever you want except for one thing. Just don't do this. Whatever you want. Anything. Swing from the, you can swing from the vines and go, oh, anything you want. Walk around naked. Skip down the stream. Catch a fish. Eat it with your, you can do whatever you want. Just except for one. you see humans, when we see a wet paint sign, (laughs) guess what we love to do? We love to check to see if the paint is actually wet. If you give us 10 doors and you say you can have every single room you want except for that one room, guess what? We're focusing on that one room. What's behind door number 10? I don't care about one to nine. What's behind door number 10? And in Genesis 3, 1 to 6, the story went a little something like this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say You shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And you have to understand that we call the devil a deceiver because he questions. He questions whether or not, did God really say that? He questions whether or not, is it really in the Bible? He makes you question whether or not it's really from God. And so here's Eve, she's standing there, and the serpent is beginning to question her. The serpent isn't even telling her to do anything. She's beginning to create doubt in Eve's mind. And the woman said to the serpent, like a good student that repeats whatever the teacher says, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So Eve, she had the right answer. But here goes. But the serpent said to the woman, you will surely, oh, you're not going to die. Die is such a big word, Eve. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you think you're really going to just drop dead when you eat of this fruit? Come on. You will surely not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. But here we go. This is where the story turns. So when, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Adam said nothing. I'm going to get to you later, Adam, but right now we're going to stay right here. 
And it was in this moment that the order of God's kingdom was turned upside down, all because Eve did not take God's word as right. God is always right, and God wants to establish order in your world. How many of you love order? I love order. I think I am borderline OCD. And I, when you open my kitchen cabinet, there are four sections, tablespoon, big fork, and it's got to be in the front because I like accessibility. Behind it, behind the big spoon, is a space for the teaspoon. And behind the big fork is the space for the little fork. It makes sense. And I love it when things are in order. But sometimes, somebody puts the little fork in the big fork area, compartment. And the only thing I can think to myself is do people not understand? Do they not see the incongruence of this picture? Do they not see how, how, how unsymmetric or asymmetric this is? And it completely bugs me. And when I'm in my room, I got to have all my, my, my drawers closed, right? I like it all closed so that when I look at the wall, all I see is brown drawer cabinets. If I walk and I see one that's open, I stop and it's like, why, why is that open? Why is it? Is anyone going to walk in? There? No, close it. And when I look at my closet, I love everything just kind of arranged, shirts, shorts, socks, T-shirts, polos, button-ups, sando, long socks, short socks. I love order. And when humans were living in paradise and they were one with God, it was beautiful. It was perfect. It was in order. And the relationship wasn't perfect just because they were in paradise. It wasn't perfect because they were just made in the image of God. But here's why it was perfect. Because Adam and Eve understood that God was God and I am not. That God is the creator and I am the created. That God who was made from nothing that God, no one can make God, and I was made from dust. And guess what? If you want kingdom order in your life, God is always right. And I know this is so basic. Like, you're like, what? I want something profound. But I realize as I've walked my Christian journey, I need to be reminded that God is God and I am not because I'm tempted to be God. I'm tempted to want to take the place of God and call my own shots. And you see what it says here? It says, so when the woman saw 
that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. And it was in this moment that Eve followed her senses rather than God's instructions. And can I tell you something? These days, we don't have idols. No one has statues in their house and they bow down to it. But can I tell you what the biggest idol is today? It's our feelings. It's our emotions. And I love emotions. I'm an emotional person. Oh, I love it so much. I was crying when these kids were being dedicated, man. I love to be moved by my emotions. When I get frustrated that things aren't going well, I am driven to action because of my emotion. But so oftentimes, I will disrupt the kingdom order in my life because of my emotions. And I'll say things like, I don't feel like it. Mm, you know what? I don't know if I was really meant for that. And how many of you, God has spoken to you, right? And oftentimes it's with money, with me, right? Give money, give money. Because I got to uh, be, be more generous. Give money. Don't let money have a hold of your life. And every time God tells me to give money, you know what I say? God, is, it, is that you? No, that, that's not you, God. That's not you. And then he'll keep speaking to me. You know what I'll say? I'll say, but God, I don't really feel like it. And I'll give every excuse in the book to get away from obeying God. And you see, so oftentimes in our lives, our feelings will get in the way of obeying God. Our feelings of anger, our feelings of anxiousness, our feelings of worry will stand in the way of kingdom order as God tells us what to do. You want kingdom order in your life. This is how you must live. This is how I must live. God says one thing. The world says another. Guess what? God is right. God says one thing, but your family says another. Guess what? God is right. God says one thing, but your feelings say another. Guess what? God is right. And if you want kingdom order in your life, the first and primal truth that you must understand and live by is that you are the creation and God is the creator. And God is always right because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Number two, I'm going to get to you, Adam. You got to take a stand. Mm. You got to take a stand, Genesis. Later on, it says, she took of its fruits and ate and she also gave some to her husband and who was with her. Pause. I'm waiting. Surely Adam's going to do something here, right? Adam got the fruit. He could have not eaten it. He could have done something. 
But guess what it says? And he ate. Oh, so disappointing. Such a letdown. Adam, Adam did nothing. Adam had the power and he had the authority to cast the serpent out of the garden, but he did nothing. God gave him dominion over all living creatures, but he did nothing. And there's jokes that say, if a Chinese person was in the garden, we'd still be living in paradise. Why? Because they would have eaten the snake. And so would have the Koreans. But Adam, he did nothing. It's delicious, Adam. Man, Adam, Adam knew it was wrong. God told him not to, but he remained silent. And there are so many of us, myself included, that live in compromise. We stay silent. We don't take a stand. And we like to straddle both sides of the fence. And when it suits me, I'm going to do God's thing. Love you, Lord. But then when it suits me, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to follow my feelings. I'm going to hang out with whoever I want to hang out to. Oh, okay. It's okay. They're going to do it anyways. It's okay. Sure. Why not? Okay, love you. And we love to blame other people, don't we? And in Genesis 3, check out what Adam said. He's crazy, man. Genesis 3, 11 to 12, and he said, God is speaking to them. He said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Listen to what Adam says. He says, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from that tree and I ate it. Like a a chapter before, it's like, oh. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Oh, yes. From my rib, oh, I love you. You complete me. You're so amazing. And all of a sudden, in chapter three, it's that woman. It's that woman that you place here. I didn't even ask for her. God, that woman, she tempted me. Adam. You refuse to take a stand. Adam, you refuse to speak up. Adam, you remained silent. And so many of us, we go through a cycle. A cycle of sinning, confessing, feeling guilty, and then we repeat. We go back to sinning. We confess. We feel guilty, and then we repeat. And we got to stop using the standards of the world to measure your life because it's the wrong standard. You're not of this world. You don't belong to this kingdom. And you got to start using the standards of God, his word says, 
to be your standard. And you know, as I was preparing for this message, you know, you know what the image that I got? And I know I used to do this a lot. And it's like, you know how, how cats, cats don't really kill mice, right? It's kind of like, you know, like cats, like just, they just kind of like, they just kind of play around with it. Have you ever seen a cat with a ball of yarn? Just nothing. Aimless. Just one hand to another. And you see, that's the picture that I have with some of us. With sin. Just playing around with it. So used to it. It's just so, it's so familiar to us. And you see, this is where I want you to get to. Is that when we look at sin and when we look at everything that separates us from God, and it's not just sin, but maybe it's your indifference. Maybe it's your lack of patience. Maybe it's your lack of gentleness. Maybe it's your temper. Here's where I want us to get to, church, is that as we see sin and everything that separates us from God, my prayer is that I look at that and I say, no. I don't want to have anything to do with this. This stuff right here, I don't even want to play with it. It's nasty. It's gross. It's does that make sense? Because so many of us, we just dabble in sin and we straddle both sides of the fence and we aimlessly do what we want to do. But my prayer for you, my prayer for me, my prayer for us as a church is that we look at sin and we say, I don't want to have anything to do with that because I've been purchased by Jesus Christ and now I live in the order of his kingdom. And I know it's not easy. But can I remind you that you are in this world, but not of this world. And that is a revelation that you must have. You may look like everybody else, but you are not everybody else. It says that when you came into Christ, the old is gone and the new is here and now you are a new creation. And so now you live according to the kingdom of God. And so what is this like? I love scuba diving. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I love going scuba diving. I love it. Just inspired to, to just have more props, not just words, but pictures, right? TED Talk. And I love scuba diving because it's a whole new world. It's a whole different world down there. I love it, right? And so what do I do? What do I do? I got to put on my goggles when I go scuba diving so that I could what? So that I could see. I got to put on my wetsuit so that I look really slim. No, no. I got to put on my wetsuit so that I will be warm, right? And then the most important thing, and this is something that you cannot forget, is that you must have oxygen, right? Why? 
because I am going into a different kingdom. I am going into a different environment. And as much as I love this environment, this is not my environment. This is not my kingdom. And as much as you love being here on earth, this is not your home. This is not your kingdom because you are in this world, but not of this world. And when you're down there, oh, you see all these cool things. You see stingrays and corals and fish. You see giant clams. And there are moments. There are moments I want to stay there forever. It's absolutely beautiful. And can you imagine if, if I just came across a squid and the squid was like, hey, why don't you be, be one of us? We can squid ink. Right? Can you imagine if a labu-labu came and said, just be like one of us. Learn to breathe through your gills. Right? It's crazy. It's wild, isn't it? But can you imagine if I said, okay, sure, why not? Yeah, cool. I'll be like one of you, man. And I began to take off my oxygen mask. And I said, all right, I'm going to be like one of y'all. Let's go. I could probably survive for maybe 30 seconds, maybe 32 seconds, if I've got the lung capacity. But I won't survive. I won't thrive unless I have oxygen. And you see, this oxygen is what keeps you alive. And in the same way, this is the spirit of God for you to survive in this fallen world. And for some of us, we've been taking off the oxygen. And you think you could breathe underwater. And after a while, you... <laughs> I can't breathe. Have you ever tried holding your breath underwater? Have you tried breathing underwater? It's called an impossibility. It does not work. But so many of you, you're trying to live underwater. But let me tell you, you are not a fish. You are not a squid. You are a child of God in the kingdom of God designed to live in the order of the kingdom. So put on your oxygen mask and you will live and you will thrive and you will be blessed. And there's some of you here, man, you got to take a stand. None of your coworkers know you're Christian. Take a stand. There's some of you here, you're not living according to God's ways. Stop playing around with sin like a cat. Take a stand. And there's some of you, you're so scared to mess up. You live in such fear. You got to take a stand. You got to take a risk 
For God has given you his power. God has given you his spirit. God has given you his presence. And so there is no fear in God because perfect love casts out all fear. And so like David, who danced like a crazy man, not caring what the world thought because he was dancing before his God, you say, I know who I am. I know whose I am, and I will not be silent, and I will take a stand. Because at the end of my life, I do not stand before any of you. At the end of my life, I shouldn't care what you thought. Because at the end of my life, I stand before God, and he will judge me. And so, therefore, I will live according to the ways of his kingdom. And for some of you who are so FOMO, just stop it. Stop it. Take it from someone who's been FOMO all his life. Just stop it. You think you're missing out because you're in church? No. This is the best place to be. Let me tell you somebody from somebody who was FOMO all his life and never wanted to be in church, but came to church late. I wish I was in church earlier. Because this is where the action is at. Not out there. So stop being FOMO. I just wanted to put that in there. Number three. Number three, you got to stop striving. You got to stop, 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 stop striving. Matthew 6, 33. Let me read it to you one more time. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And Jesus is saying, get the order right. Seek God first, his ways, his will, his word, his way of living. And once you do that, then all these things will be added to you. And I don't know about you, but that gives me comfort. I don't know about you, but that gives me peace. I don't have to try so hard all the time. I don't have to be so worried about the results. I don't have to be so anxious about who gets what and what happens if I do this or if I don't do that. I can stop striving. And this season, I'm praying. I'm praying really hard. And in, in addition to all these important prayer, there's one really, really important prayer. And I pray for the Lakers. Because <laughs> they need it, man. They need all the prayers. And so if you want to join with me, Wednesday at 7.30, we'll be praying for the Lakers. But I love the NBA, man. I love basketball. And, you know, and, and, and during, during the offseason, there, there's a term that players have. And they all want to get the big contract. And they say, you go get your bag. You go get your bag. That means you go get your money. You go out there, you find that contract, you find that team that wants you, and you go get your bag. And so many of us are out there trying to get our bag. 
But can I tell you this morning that you've already got your bag, that you don't have to go searching, you don't have to go striving, you don't have to go looking, but you already have your bag. Because in Lamentations 3, it says, the Lord is my portion. In Psalm 73, 26, it says that my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and he's my portion forever not just for tomorrow not just for when things are good but even when i walk through the valley of the shadow of death he is my portion and so my flesh and my heart may fail but he is my strength and we love to hold on to god in the good times, it's like, thank you, Jesus. And then when bad times come, it's like, God, I've been holding on for so long. Where are you? But can I tell you, if you live in the kingdom of God, I would say this to you, that it's even more important to understand whose you are during the valleys than it is in the mountaintops. It's more important that you worship when you're going through struggles versus the triumphs because that is a testing of your faith. And there's people in this room that I've been praying for. Ooh, this is when I started crying and there was this lady, this lady, her name is Mila. Mila, I've been praying for you, man. I've been praying for you from the day that I found out you had cancer. I've been praying for you. We've been talking about you. And when she walked in here, I couldn't believe my eyes. She was walking in and I gave her a big hug. And she whispered in my ear. She said, I'm cancer free. praise him when I have triumph, but I will praise him in the valleys. And there are people in this room and there's other people that are going through cancer, through chemo, and the prognosis isn't as bright. But let me tell you that you are a child of God and in his kingdom, I will praise him. Because guess what? I'm going to declare what Paul declared because for me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. I will face my Savior. I live in kingdom order. But so many of us, we get it backwards. We get it twisted. And this is how we live our lives. Is this the right one? Is this the cake? I'm not sure what's under here. Is it a rabbit? Oh my, we got to practice this a little bit more for the four guys. But it's okay. Yes. And this is how we live our lives.
Like, I, want my, I want my family. I want my family to be good. Right? It's the basic stone right here. And then we say, you know what? I'm finances. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make sure that, I, that I'm secure. I'm going to make sure that I'm good. I'm going to make sure that people see that I can take care of myself. I can take care of my family. Yeah. I'm going to build. I'm going to build. And then, you know what? My health. Man. Right there. Right there. I'm, and guess what? We're, we're trying to just balance it. Yeah. I'll make sure that I go to the gym three times a week. Like Jay de Guzman. And I'll be strong for my family. And, and, and then, and then, and then right here. God, if you can just keep me at 165 pounds until I'm, until I'm 50, God, help me, make, help me look good, right? Come on, that's important, isn't it? Amen? Yeah, yeah it is important. Come on, don't, don't get fake with me. And then here's what we do. We build our own life. And then we say, okay, God, here we go. I'm going to put you right here. You on top? Oh, 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 I got to build it again. I got to build it again. I got to build it again. I got to build it. But God, but God, but God, right here, right here, right here, God, right here. Bless it. Can you bless it? God. Come on, God, you look good. You're like the icing on the cake, baby. But you see, after a while, things just kind of fall down because that's not the kingdom order but it's right here this you see this right here this is kingdom order and this is what I'm going to do God my family that's not me it's yours you bless me with this family. This is not mine. I didn't strive for this. Oh God, thank you so much. Oh, how can I steward my family? How can I dedicate my kids? How can I raise them up? How can I create an environment where my, my, my tribe loves Jesus? And then God, oh, thank you. Thank you for, for the ability to work. You give me the strength, not me. Oh, how dare me take credit for all of this. Thank you for the talent. Thank you for the gifts. But it's all from you. I'm going to build my life right here, right here. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my life. And then God, my health. Oh, God, right here, right here. It all comes from you anyways. You decide when you call me home right here. It's all you. Looks. God, I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that right here. I'm going to take care of that myself, right? But you see the difference. I'm going to build. I'm going to build my life upon this rock and not the other way around. I'm not going to strive and I'm not going to pull teeth and try and try. But God says, Seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then he says, all these things, all these things. How many of you want all these things?
but how many of you want the kingdom of God more? Hey, if we were to be honest, I want all these things, sometimes a bit more than the kingdom of God. But today is a day of realignment. Today is a day of reprogramming. And you see, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came and he died to become your rock, to become your foundation. And maybe for some of you here today, you're listening to my voice and you're saying, I want that. I want that. I've been trying. I've been striving. I've been sinning. Guilt. Repeat. I come back. And you're saying, no. I want new life. And today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to make the best decision you can ever make in your entire life. I made it a long time ago. There's hundreds of people in this room that made it. And let me give you a testimony. It has changed my life forever. And so if that's you, I want to pray for you. I don't want this moment to pass by without giving you a chance and an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And so with every head bowed and with every eye closed, if that's you, and today you want to take a stand and you want to say yes to Jesus, on the count of three, I want you to boldly, I want you to courageously, with nobody looking around, I want you to raise your hand nice and high. I want to say yes to Jesus on the count of three. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Oh, I see your hand back there. I, I see your hands back there. I see your hand up here. All those hands back there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I see your hand back there. Oh, thank you. Over there, I see. I see that. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? I don't want this moment to pass by. Anybody else would say yes to Jesus today? I see your hand. I see you. I see you. You can put your hand down. I see you over here. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, we're going to pray this prayer, declaring and confessing that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and we're going to say it all together. So if you've made that decision, would you put your hand over your heart and repeat after me? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I've fallen short. I'm a sinner. But 2,000 years ago, you died for me on the cross. And because of that, I am washed clean. And on the third day, you rose again. And now I am a child of God. And so God, thank you for dying for me. I declare that you are my Lord and Savior and that you are my best friend. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen, amen. Come on, can we give them a hand? Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening in. At Favorite Church, we're a family, and we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, We'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. 
please visit us at favor.church slash next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.